Chapter 30 Did someone call my name? Pero. And again. Pero, wake up! I jolted with a snort, rubbing drool off my clean chin. The day before, Alexis had found enough water and a basin for a cold, small bath. She'd cleaned my wounds, rubbed olive oil on my chapped lips, and fed me. I'd gone to bed early. Part of me felt relief that Shia insisted we wait. The other part of me complained that we could have missed our chance to leave. But if Shia was right, and Elohim opened a door, then being late wasn't possible. A stranger knelt next to me, a lantern in his hand. I jerked back. He wore the Moon City Guard's uniform. His long brown hair pulled back into a pony, and a bandana tied around his neck. His face seemed familiar. I rubbed my eyes and looked again. Carper? It took a minute for you to recognize me. That's good. He threw a pile of clothes at me. Another uniform. Get dressed. We're leaving. It's still dark. I shivered and pulled on my sweater sleeves. We have a better chance getting in if we leave now. I stood and staggered. Carper caught my arm. I'm fine. I picked up the pants. They looked like my size. Where did you find these? Doesn't matter. I sniffed them. You didn't kill for these, did you? Just put them on. I pulled at the edge of my sweater and paused. A little privacy, please? Right. Carper stepped outside. I shivered my way into the pants and shirt. I picked up my sweater. There's no way I could get away with wearing it. I swapped my sweater for a hat as yellow as a street lamp. Seriously? As if a bright yellow hat wouldn't call attention. Done? Almost. I tucked my hair into the hat. Good thing there were no mirrors around, or I would have pulled it off in a second. Ready now? Need to find my shoes. Carper brought them from the opening of the tent. Never did I think Carper would bring me my shoes. Then again he rushed, and I moved slower than a sloth. His eyes widened. I look stunning, don't I? Like, as good as I would in one of your black puppy dresses? I patted my hat. If you're trying to make me an easy target, I think it will work. They'll be so distracted by your head they won't even notice your face. That's one way to look at it. You should pull it down more so I can't see your face. I adjusted the hat. Yeah, because who needs to see where they're going? Carper nodded. Better. What about Jimmy? He's outside of the tent, Carper said. I shivered again. You left a dead man outside of the tent? Does it matter where I put him? It's not like he cares. I didn't like that we talked about my friend, as if he were today's trash. What if this doesn't work? You're giving up before you even try. I put on Jimmy's bag. Maybe I'm not used to things happening just because I believed they would. That would make two of us. Carper guided me to the entrance. Jimmy laid on a cot with handles on both sides. In the moonlight, his skin appeared lighter, his lips blue. I shivered. I don't know if I can look at him all the way to Moon City. It's dark, Peril, and it's only across the field. I blew my cheeks up like a blowfish and puffed out air. Let's get this over with. I bent down and set my hands on the handles. Dirt clung to the bottom of Jimmy's shoes near my face. Carper faced forward and held the front handles. You won't drop him that way? I asked. 
Better than walking backwards. I gripped the handles. On the count of three. One, two, three, Carper said in a rush. We lifted the cot. Not too heavy. But how would we move Jimmy through the city unnoticed? Carper took off, and I propelled forward to match his stride. You should have counted down again. I wasn't ready. All we're doing is walking. He shifted his hold. There's nothing to count down. I bit the inside of my cheek. Would the mocking ever end? Okay. I'm sure my sarcasm didn't help. The camp stayed silent. The moon grew dimmer as the sky turned a light gray. Oof. Carpet dipped down a little. Watch out for the hole. It's probably the same hole that broke my ankle. I circled around the area where Carper fell, as if I could see the hole in dusk light. Didn't I break your ankle? Carper asked. Technically, yes, but I wasn't going to bring that up again. Does that mean you've forgiven me? Choosing not to bring up memories of when you were a jerk isn't the same as forgiving. He cleared his throat and didn't snap back. I was being mean. Keep your mouth shut, Pero, I muttered. Sweat pooled in my hands. What's that? As my hand slipped, the cot fell. Jimmy slid down and slumped forward, his head landing on the mud. I wanted to throw up. Oh, come on. Carper set down the cot and pulled Jimmy back into position. Jimmy flopped onto the cot with a thud. Great, now he's going to wake up with a concussion, I said. Was there such a thing as worse than dead? Jimmy's head sagged to his shoulder and lower than possible if he'd been alive. Acid burned my throat. I covered my mouth and looked the other way. We could have at least put a blanket over him. Now, Carper said, let's try this again. He picked up the cot. I wiped the sweat from my hands onto my pants and picked up the handles. When I lifted my head, we were at the entrance of Moon City. Only two guards stood at the gate. Carper set down his end of the cot, and I followed. He adjusted his scarf so that it hid his mouth. I adjusted my hat so it hid my eyes. Has Dr. Carper returned? Carper asked the guards in a lower octave. A laugh struck in my throat. A guard jerked his eyes open, like an alarm had just gone off. Uh, no, the non-sleeping guard said. How come there's only two of you? Carper asked. If Carper were here, he'd kill you. Such permanent consequences Carper once had. The other guard stood up. Well, Carper's not here. Last I heard, he ran away. I guess the pressure of the Lasaris got to him. A cloud shrouded Carper's face. Or a guard tried to kill him. Careful, wouldn't want to be too close to the truth. Nah, the non-sleeping guard said. That was the rumor, but I don't believe it. No one's brave enough to kill Carper. Carper snorted. I kept my mouth shut. The guards kept looking at my hat as if a swarm of bees had built a nest. Maybe it's what kept the guards from noticing who they were talking with. Who do you have there? The sleeping guard asked as he looked toward the cot. My stomach was like a spatula flipping a pancake. He stepped closer. It's Jimmy! Relief waterfalled from the top of my yellow head. Where'd you find him? The guard asked. In the forest, Carper said. Dr. Carper asked that I find him after he killed him. I guess he felt guilty enough to see him buried in Moon City. Well, if Carper doesn't come back with the three chosen, the sleeping guard pushed a button on the side of the door that opened the gates. We'll all be destroyed. It's not too late to join the Lasaris, I blurted. Carper's eyes burned at me. I bit my lip. The guards laughed. I'd rather die than join those lunatics, one said. Lunatics. 
Carper and I jumped through appearing doorways while the Lasaris marched around a wall to see the city destroyed. Both were unusual. But didn't this nonsense challenge me to live by faith? Do you need help carrying him? The non-sleeping guard asked. I think we can handle it from here, Carper said. Thanks. If Carper comes back, tell him we've got Jimmy. We're his guards at headquarters, just in case you don't remember. Nice. Sure thing, Sleepy said. We picked up Jimmy and walked through. The guards shut the gate behind us. And that's how it's done, Carper said. Extraordinary. That's the nicest thing you've said to me, Pero. My stomach coiled. Should I forgive him, Elohim? Of course Elohim would want me to forgive. That's why it was so hard. When movement caught my attention, I placed my finger against my lips. Ahead in the courtyard, Marcus set out mats and weapons. The light gray sky told me it was around 5.30. Time for training. Let's move through the shadows, Carper said. Marcus will recognize me. Carper led me along the wall, stopping every few feet to pause behind a tree, a bush, an empty food cart. When we reached a door leading inside the wall, Carper set down Jimmy and pressed his hand against a sensor. The door opened, and we scurried into a dimly lit hallway. A half-smile formed on my lips. I'd been kissed at the end of this hallway. Pero, I twitched. Get your head on. You'll see your boyfriend soon. Carper walked forward. Whichever one he is. Was I that readable? His name is Henry. I don't care. Carper walked a few more paces. The fast runner? So much for not caring. I thought you liked that Sam guy. Okay, I belonged on some bachelorette show. Got it. Let's move on. I thought so too at one point. Then I found out he was my brother. Carper sputtered a laugh. What did he think about Mom having another child? Did she have more children through Carper? I didn't want to know. It's a long story you don't want to hear, I said. If this door is open, we have a long journey ahead of us. There's plenty of time to listen. And to forgive. We arrived at the end of the hallway in front of Mom's room, where she had escaped with Henry. Carper peered around the corner that led to the bridge connecting to the mansion. Clear, Carper said. We walked to the door and passed the exact spot where Henry... Enough of that. Carper set down Jimmy and pressed his hand on the sensor. How come the door opened for Henry and me before? When we were halfway over the bridge, something moved below me. Why'd you stop? Carper asked. I studied the cot. Jimmy's hand his finger. Maybe it was like when you think you feel a raindrop on your head, but it's really dew falling from a branch or bird turd. I thought I... Jimmy's cheek twitched once, then nothing. No movement at all. I was paranoid, stressed. Jimmy's dead. He had been for a day. I shook my head. Nothing. Let's keep moving. The sun peeked its head in the sky. We'd wasted more time. With another press of Carper's hand on a sensor I'd never used, we walked inside and down the quiet mansion hallway. By the end of the day, the Losaris would wipe all these perfect rooms and marbled halls out. Goosebumps chilled my arms. Would we escape in time? Carper stopped at a room, sat down Jimmy, and opened the door. Why is this unlocked? 
appeared inside. Shimmers of gold sparkled in the hallway light. That'd be Kathina. Carper gave me a questioning look. We stepped in and laid the cot down. The door shut behind us with a click. When a light turned on, a hand met my cheek and I staggered. Pain radiated through my face. When my body leaned back, Carper grabbed me by the shirt and set me on the ground. He dodged a punch and plowed into the opponent. They both landed on a mound of coins with a pleasant-sounding crash. Carper rushed over to me. Are you okay? I pressed my eyes closed and opened them. Blurs. Colors whirled. Still, I saw the opponent rise. Carper, watch out! Too late. 